On this episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, we have a very special guest, Mr. Gil Ortega, where we dive into real-time data and how to use it properly across multiple channels, ultimately lowering your cost per acquisition. We also kind of dive into some tips that Mark Cuban gave them towards the end of last year that completely changed the way their businesses ran this year. On the poor ad side of things, we dive into you know, not understanding more real-time data and static data and the importance of using, you know, the data you do have with consumer behavior um, to really kind of move that needle and lower your CPAs. Make sure to tune in. This one's all about data and it is solid. Created an outcome results-based offer that literally within 30 days, all we're doing is pushing in audiences that we're identifying, segmenting, and delivering into the various ad platforms, Google and Facebook being the, the primaries, but they can go everywhere, every, every major ad platform, including DSPs. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, all right, all right, everybody. We are back in action with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. Um, we got your host, Dylan Carpenter, in the house. You know, we're going to talk about what's working, what isn't working, and some badass financial principal tips. So today we have a very special guest, Mr. Gil Ortega. Back in the day, he was doing a ton of lead gen, you know, managing shoot probably $4 million a month, but that was in the past. Now he's the co-founder and chief rainmaker of Identio, which is kind of more of an audience creation biz. But without further ado... But the hype is real. Gil, what's up, man? Thanks for hopping on. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. So kind of give everybody some context of, you know, who you are, what you're doing these days. Identio sounds super awesome. I'm super into it. And I'm excited to learn more. But kind of give everybody some context of kind of what you're getting into. Sure. So Zach and I uh, met in 2015 and uh, right when he was starting Funnel Dash and uh, it was big data that I was making a really big pivot into from lead gen to to audience creation and data-driven campaigns. So, you know, all all the privacy all the privacy concerns that we're uh, hearing nowadays, you know, from like the Cambridge Analytica fiasco a few years ago to current concerns, CCPA, GDPR, all of that wasn't going on when we started in 2015 creating what is known as identity resolution or identity graphs. And I and just to give you some background, I'm gonna I'm not gonna get into the weeds of data because it always makes people's heads spin and it and um, it just, you know, it's not the the sexiest thing when it comes to marketing. You know, it's like the data and the analytics and how, you know, how you target somebody. But basically we started uh, creating identity graphs and you know, the old cliche of the right message at the right time, you know, pretty much every company either says they do that or wants to do that. It's it's basically the, the levers in terms of data levers to be able to do that. So you identify somebody that is visiting your website, right? So that's the identity part. And this is all top of funnel. 
So people that have not filled out a form, you know, opted in to your to your list, we're identifying somebody, and then you you're able to track that person across devices. You know, how many devices do you got now? Like you just look around your desk, right? Like a lot, right? Yeah, yeah probably eight or nine. It seems like <laughs> right. So the more devices that people start piling on to their daily usage, the harder it becomes to track somebody. So that's the that's the the goal when you, when you're doing a data driven type of campaign, um, or from a from a brand's perspective, the goal of building an identity graph is to just identify your potential audience, your entire total universe of potential audience. So whether you're B2B or B2C, you know, you have this avatar of potential. Like if you just sell to women of a certain age, et cetera, like, or if you just sell to, uh, you know, whatever type of audience, you want to identify everybody that you could potentially sell to. And then you want to key in to their behavior when they're looking to buy a product that you have, mm. right? So you want, you want to be able to sense through all the various sensors of uh, the internet, you know, when somebody shows up to a page or somebody else's page, and then you want to be able to send them the message, the right message at the right time. That's the cliche. So people do this with uh, CDPs, right? Customer data platforms, like in the past three, four years, a massive amount of CDPs have been getting funded, like tens of millions of dollars, because it's bringing together the functionality of building the identity graph, the audience, and it's it's not cheap. You know, this is these are normally six figure, seven figure endeavors for a brand to be able to do this kind of stuff. So, um, what you know, I'm telling you this because that's where we started, and what we've done now is we've simplified it. To the point where you don't even have to do that. It's like the the end result is what we're focused on now, just the outcome of being able to do all that cool tracking, and and um and now we just want to give you a lower cost for acquisition on media that you're already spending yeah. on your budget spend right now. That's it. Now with most of the brands you mentioned, you know, high six or seven figures, they're pretty established businesses. So. Oh, yeah. So before you even dive in, is it possible for you to look at past data or do y'all have to incorporate new systems and then look at the new data to be able to kind of find these more data points, more or less? So historical data has been a big part of building a graph, but we, the things that we've learned, um, so like if somebody's um, historically been purchasing some kind of product or uh, has visited a certain website, uh, what we call like affinity groups or or, um, you know, just transactional type data that, you know, Oracle and, and uh, Axiom and all these big data companies, Experian, et cetera, all of these data companies are building these audiences in a manner that what, what a marketing agency or a brand will basically do is take those audiences and, and put them into a platform or into Facebook and Google directly as a custom audience and create the targeting that way. We used to do that. That's what we start. That's where we started, and we saw the flaws. There's so many flaws in that approach that what we realize is that historical data, even data that's days or week old, is is secondary to 
real-time data. So real-time behavior, like, I mean, when I mean real-time, I mean by the second, by the minute, behavior and the data associated with it. And so a visitor to a website, all traffic and all, all clicks and all interactions, all engagement is data. And visitors to your website that you own is first-party data. So that data is the most crucial data that we have found that we've started to leverage to create better audiences. Oh, man. I'm fired up. On, I'm a big data guy, so <laughs> I'm fired up over here. But, man, heck yeah. I mean, that, that helps a ton of context there without a doubt. Now, we'd love to kind of dive into what's working for you. I know in this scenario, we're going for more of a strategy. Go ahead and open up the kimono. You know, let the world know what's worked well for you on this kind of strategy's forefront. So, you know, I, I always reference back in the day because so many marketers are still using um, what I call static data, disconnected data, disconnected in the sense that it's not real time. So if, you, if it's your customer or your CRM data, everybody believes that that is the, you know, the holy grail of creating a custom audience like your customer data. But it's not. Um, believe it or not, it's like um, you know, prepackaged audiences, data that comes from even like the biggest data companies in the world like Axiom or you know, my, one of my business partners used to work for Axiom uh, creating data products for them 15 years ago um, or for 15 years. And so like Axiom started this company called LiveRamp. LiveRamp is probably the biggest 800-pound uh, gorilla in our space. They, you know, they make... Uh, they have 500 clients of, a, of their identity link product, which doesn't seem like a lot, but they do hundreds of millions of dollars quarterly. That's so they're huge. You know, they're a big, big company. And, um, and now they own, LiveRamp now owns Axiom. So the reason I tell you that is because everybody's taking data. The, the, the standard approaches is taking data, whether it be customer CRM or third-party data, and putting it into a custom audience or their platform, their DSP or, or what, what have you, and doing the targeting in that manner. And what I'm, what I'm telling you is that is subpar or lesser to creating the audience in, in real time. So the, the downside to, uh, say, like bringing your customer data, let's just say you're selling mattresses, right? Like somebody owns a mattress. There's a lot of mattress companies out there. So you take your customer data, the people that bought, say like last week or last month, whatever you're, you're, you got these customers, right? And now you upload them into Facebook, Google's custom audience and to create, you know, to, to create a lookalike, right? It seems, that seems logical. You've, have you ever done something similar to that with audiences? <sighs> Every day, every day. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a manual process for one, yeah. right? It's it's very labor involved, you know, and uh, so that it'll it'll produce what what I call a streak of brilliance. A streak of brilliance is going to be a lift that you're going to see. It may last a few days, maybe as long as a week, and then it'll start going down. Yeah. And you're and you so you just keep doing this. You're like, hey, that worked. Let me do it again some other, you know, next month, next week, whatever. The problem is. That that data set, the behavior of those those individuals, your customers, if you're looking at it from like an avatar, you know, or like finding co cohorts, like it is, it's 
it's great, but their behavior, their that list of people are no longer looking for a mattress. Right? So their behavior right now in real time is no longer behaving like a customer. And so and, and if if you're a B2B marketer, let's just say you're, you're you're people that buy some kind of SaaS product, right? Some kind of B2B SaaS product. And you're doing this, um, the same thing applies because everybody wants to find somebody that's in the market, right? Google term uh, created the term in the market. So it's like it's like this behavior that is deeming this group of people, they're searching for insurance or whatever, right? Yeah. So the, the, the problem is that those people, maybe a month ago or a week ago, whenever they became a customer, are no longer in real-time behaving like the person that you're wanting Google and Facebook's algorithm to find. I actively searching for fresh mattresses versus, hey, they did that two weeks ago. Now they're looking for sleeping pills. So it's kind of those different behaviors. Is that kind of more it's, or less? Like- that's exactly it. So Google, so there's a lot of uh, uh, businesses and in, in spe- specifically in B2B too that are looking elsewhere, third-party data to, to find the segment of people that are going to be right for their product or service. And what I tell everybody is Google and Facebook are the best at finding the people that you're looking for there's no other, no data company, Oracle, Axiom, Experian, nobody can find the people that are behaving in real time as good as Google and Facebook. And the reason is because they have such a large footprint of retargeting pixels globally. Think yeah. about how, how wide, how many websites, B2B and B2C, have the retargeting pixel of Google and Facebook on their website. Massive, right? Like comparison. So that network of retargeting pixels functions as a sensor, real-time behavioral sensor of people on a website. And if you go back to identity, Google and Facebook knows who you are, right? So when you're basically asking for a lookalike, the algorithm, Google and Facebook's algorithm is all about behavior more so than it is about the demographics of this person meets this specific profile. And if you're uploading data that is static, non-real-time, you know, that like your CRM data or, or worse, you know, some, some audience that some company produced for you and you're uploading that saying, hey, find me more people like this. It's, it's called data decay. So the algorithm is going to basically be lesser because you have unqualified people in that audience as your seed data, right? So that seed data is essentially, uh, you know, saying, hey, there's some people in here that really aren't looking right now for whatever product or service that you're looking, you know, to build the audience of. So Google and their algorithm and their Facebook is going to basically give you more of those people, Mm. right? So you have unqualified people in there. And they're going to give you more of those unqualified people. And, and you'll see sometimes a lift, but it's just not sustainable. It's not, you're paying, you're basically paying for clicks, leads, and customers at a higher rate. 
it's interesting we're having this conversation now, um, especially with everything kind of going on. I'm over here amping out for Q4 with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But what we've noticed, even on the Facebook forefront, is you know back in the day, you used to be able to get you know custom audiences of 180 days, everybody who's purchased. When these days they aren't working so well. But in the past week, I've been doing a lot more seven day, 30 day audiences, which are kind of a bit more recent. Um, it's where it's not as real time, but it's as close as we can kind of probably get to where those are performing way better. So, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand on how Facebook and Google, they know what you're looking at, what products, what kind of websites to have that real time data and have the specific behaviors you're going into. I think it's kind of cool how I'm over here noticing kind of trends that I'm seeing and it's correlating perfectly with what you're kind of mentioning. So it's the old computer adage of garbage in, garbage out. So it's an algorithm, you know, their, their lookalike algorithm is, is behavior based more so than data uh, profile based, the demographic based. Yeah. And if you're putting into the seed, the custom audience in that seed audience, if it, if there's unqualified people in there, even a little bit, it's going to skew the lookalikes to have a little bit or sometimes a little bit too much unqualified lookalike audience. And so in essence, what we've been doing is we've created a real-time include and exclude audience creation system. And it automates this, this entirety of, of, uh, of one, identifying people, right? So you, we get rid of bots, B-O-T, you know, that's, that's not hard, but it, there's, you know, it matters if you're, oh, yeah. you're getting rid of, um, you know, the bot traffic. And then once you've identified somebody, that means that you can take that person to a variety of different ad platforms all in real time. So if you're, you know, like, you know, your audiences in Google and Facebook with their pixel, even though, I mean, you should be using their pixel, uh, just you should be capping your, your daily spend and your frequency caps with their pixels, Google and Facebook's pixels, because they come in at a premium. I mean, it's, they, they work, yeah. you know, amazingly, but you're going to pay more for, for their, you know, for their traffic, Ooh, you're retargeting. Yeah. And, and they're going to expire that on you. And it's just not portable, right? So what, in essence, we're doing is we're making that audience identifiable. It's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's identity resolution is at the key and doing it in a privacy-compliant manner where we, we don't use any PII, personally identifiable information, and we're cookie-less. So you combine those two, we're GDPR, compliant for Europe, CCPA compliant for California. And at the same time, we, when we started doing this, this is, this is what, this is kind of why it's against, against the grain of the norms in terms of what all the data companies, all these, you know, really big companies are doing uh, the PII route or they're, they're buying and creating their own identity graphs, which is not, not cheap, like I was saying. And, and ultimately you're paying way more than you need to. It's going into your cost, right, of acquisition. And I think no matter what kind of marketing you're doing, whether it be online, offline, the end goal, the end goal is to just lower your acquisition costs, improve, improve the quality of customers you're getting, the targeting, and then lower the cost constantly to be able to do that. And I should probably tell you about... Uh, the, the the changing with uh, the meeting that we had in December with the shark, because it really changed the game for us. Um, 
Should we save that for the financial side or dive into it now, you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I I tell you, I'll tell you now. Yeah, hell yeah. All right. So in December of 19, at the end of the year, we basically were, we were trying to be a a quasi CDP, customer data platform. Everybody was getting funding for, you know, uh, being a CDP. And so first click, last click, and every click in between is what we track. We still track that, but it's like we, because you can track that, you know, go back to the identification of a person and then you can track everything and you can do that cross platform, right? So whether it's TV, radio, mobile, post postcards, physical postal, uh, you name it, right? Like Google, Facebook, native, native email, you name it. So tracking all of that was what we were building. And it's like a behemoth. It's like this huge monster of a platform and activity to be able to do that. And so um, in December, we were uh, talking with some some groups about bringing on investors and, uh, and partners and such. So we had these, these new partners that we uh, were on the verge of, of uh, working with in December. And they set up a meeting um, through one of their clients, one of their clients, one of my partners owns an agency, and he set up a meeting with Mark Cuban, the shark, right? Like the the guy that claps, uh, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> on, on the shark. So um, flew to Texas, and we got this meeting with, with Mark Cuban from what was supposed to be a 30-minute lunch meeting turned into two hours. We showed him our, our uh, like our full you know, platform that was basically tracking everything and being able to do all this stuff. We, we know he's invested in a lot of data companies. So he, he was like the perfect, uh, we wanted shark juice, right? So we, he was the perfect target for us to bring on to get that shark juice or that, you know, somebody that knew data and could influence uh, what our direction big time. So the long and the short of it is um, we didn't get investment from him. He did say, uh, you know, come back in six months. But what he this what he wanted us to do was he, he looked at everything and he goes, this is awesome. He gave us three claps during like he gave, you know, that was cool. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, this is like uh, lemonade out of lemons, because what I mean, we didn't we didn't get, char- uh, you know, shark juice. But what he said was like the game changer for us, because in December, from December to February, of 2020 this year at the end of february we had basically re transformed just pivoted and created a hyper focus on what we were doing all because of what mark cuban said and this is what he said he basically said look all this tracking and stuff all is you know amazing data and the attribution of you know ads and it's awesome but it's not actionable you got to package this up and He's perfectly honest. I don't care about all that data that you guys are collecting and tracking and all that stuff. And he's like, really what I want is I want one dashboard, one screen that shows the outcome, the results of all this cool stuff. Like you guys can do this. Just do it. Just do it. Like show just these all. And then show me in real time the, the, the results of the stats. And we're like, 
And he's like, you guys are good at lowering acquisition costs for customer acquisition. He says, that's what you guys do, right? That's the end. That's your, that's the end destination, the journey. And I go, yeah, that's, that, yeah, basically that's, that's it. So um, he goes, then just do that. And so that's basically what we did. We, we threw out all the, the complexities of data and building a graph and doing all this stuff. And we said, let's just build the platform to be as simple as getting a result within weeks, under a month, under 30 days, will basically lower your acquisition costs by half or even more. And just show that via, you know, whatever reporting platform they are, somebody already, use, already uses, or they can use Google Data Studio to just, you know, we have a template that shows the results for, for our clients. And our, and our clients are agencies. So we work with agencies. And the agencies have a lot of different clients, some, you know, some pretty big brands that are getting millions of visitors, spend millions of dollars on, on ads. And the, the simple thing that we've done because of Cuban is we've created an outcome results-based offer that literally within 30 days, all we're doing is pushing in audiences that we're identifying, segmenting, and delivering into the various ad platforms, Google and Facebook being the, the primaries, but it can go everywhere, every, every major ad platform, including DSPs. And we just say, run our audience to a converting campaign that you already know, Benchmark is doing well, run the same ads to our audience and just watch it, just compare it. And then in 30 days or less, probably within a few weeks, if, if somebody has a lot of traffic, it's a lot easier. It happens really fast. That's it. You just, you, you see it kill. And it boils down. So the, the simplicity of that is where we've, we've come from this complex, uh, you know, data-driven platform and building. And, and there's so many companies that are doing that right now. Like that is huge activity right now. And what we're saying is, that's cool, but you don't have to do that. If the end goal is to lower your acquisition cost for customers, clicks, leads, and customers, there's a we've we've got a really simple like no brainer solution. It's super cheap and it'll dress. Like I, I got a mortgage client, you know, through our one of our agencies, spending fifty grand, I think sixty now, and within weeks. They've taken that same budget and we're getting 44% more conversion to application on, on refi applications, 44% more on the, the same exact budget. And I got, you know, countless other examples of that. So companies that are spending a lot of money, I haven't gotten to the, the really big budgets yet that like uh, I, I saw uh, you and Zach talking about people spending Hundred thousand a day or something like that. We haven't gotten into <laughs> budgets, but um, you know, maybe this uh, this uh, this this uh, holiday season. But yeah, so people that are spending millions of dollars, you know, a year, just that's the idea is that we're lowering the acquisition costs. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, 
and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Now, I think this is the perfect segue into the next segment of the poor ad side of things. So, I mean, on the rich ad, I mean, definitely dove into kind of, you know, how to reduce the CPA, very data-oriented approaches, more real-time. But, I mean, for this poor ad side of things, is you know, if this isn't executed correctly, what can it turn into, more or less? Or have you had these scenarios where you kind of went all in on a specific feature of this where it just did not work at all? Going, you know, so since 2015, we've been testing, I can't tell you how many variations of custom audiences to lookalikes. And everybody thinks that it's the custom audience that you're going to be retargeting. Um, that's, that that's the money. It's not the money. The money is in the, in the lookalike. Similarities, yeah. And so the, uh, like, for instance, if you're, if you're, if you have a, a custom audience and you're updating that custom audience, right? So every week, every day, whatever. And it's, you know, this is, if you're not doing it automated, you're, you hate doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so people get new data from wherever their CRM customer. And what they, what we have found is that when you update an existing um, audience that you've already created a custom audience, it will produce less than if you're creating a brand new custom audience and taking getting that new data that you got and loading that into it versus loading it into the existing. existing custom audience. Now, so we would see massive difference in conversion. Now, this is the brain twister. We were doing that manually for years, right? This, we call it a protocol. Like you have to create a brand new custom audience to get a, to get a, the most, the biggest lift. Yeah. Don't update an existing one to create, you know, your lookalikes. So what we realized was that when we started, when we, we always had this, this theory, it was a theory. If we could become real time, right. goes back to the, the data decay and not uploading, you know, static data. If we could become real time, real time includes and excludes meaning by the second, every second minute, I'm taking somebody in and out based off of some score on their behavior into an audience. So what we found is when you update an audience, the same exact custom audience like that, it's golden. So mm -hmm. updating an audience 
by uploading a, a, a data file, right, like manually doesn't work, as well as creating a brand new custom audience. And and the difference is like staggering. Like this is these are the things that that will you know triple cut your cost. Like you'll get three times lower cost for clicks, leads, and customers doing doing these tests. The 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 thing was that once we figured out doing this real time, it's consistent. Like if you have seasoned retargeting data, like warmed up audiences that are the best with the best optimized campaign, we'll beat that data. Ooh. Oh, damn. So just to kind of reiterate, so hypothetically speaking, say I group, you know, we'll look at September, for example. So if I were to group everybody from the first to the seventh, that would be one bucket just for that week. Now, if I wanted to kind of, you know, have a dynamic list and update it the next week, I would go through the 8th to the 14th and not go from the one, the first to the 14th. I would kind of have it segmented so that way the older list isn't polluting the more recent real-time, real-time-ish yeah. data. And this could be your, this could even be your CRM data. So this is like a man, like if you're, if you're not going to be real-time, just, I mean, this is a test that people can go do on their own to prove this, you know, this is like you're, they're getting a lift from just creating a brand new custom audience. Now, is that strategy the best strategy? No, but I mean, real you can't beat real time. No. Real time is as good as it gets. This is that. So when you identify, for instance, like an e-com situation, um, you know, there's all all of this on on page identification from like number of times to site time spent on site, certain types of products that somebody's looking at, you want to be specific in your segmenting. But things like off-page off transaction history, have they made transactions? So like more offline data events, more or less? Right. So we're, we're, we basically, via APIs and, and using non-PII, non person-identifiable information, I can grade or score somebody based off of transactions. I don't even need to know what they bought. I just need to know that they're they're actually transacting. Like they you're selling t-shirts or whatever, you know, something expensive. You want to know that this person has a transaction history. Yep. And how recent. So that kind of data will make all the difference in our score. Because now that I'm building segments based off of behavior, right? And transaction history is a heavily weighted behavior to say these people are not only behaving like they're in the market they're able to buy and if you create a custom audience of those people garbage in garbage out right there's no garbage in that custom audience and it's in real time so it's the timeliest audience you create a look like of that it's going to kill it'll that's why it'll beat any CRM or cut I mean if you have enough customers and you're doing the like every day you're building a custom audience, that's that's pretty darn good. I mean, it's that that would be pretty hard to beat. But most people don't have enough customers to meet the threshold minimums in the custom audiences to be able to do that and then do it in real time. Right. Man. 
I'm about to go into all my accounts and like make some more recent lookalikes and custom audiences off this man. But I, I think I can officially say you've coined, you know, the real time data and audience creation king, man. Like this is this has been super juicy. <laughs> so, I mean, to kind of wrap it all up, go ahead and give everybody, you know, some insights of what's next for you, how to get in touch with you and kind of, you know, how to test y'all out. Um, you can go to Identio. Um it's I D E N T Y dot com, identio.com. But I wanna I wanna uh leave something else too, like yeah. before before we wrap. But like yeah. there's so my my uh my what I would call the poor ad, like the strategy that is like the kiss of death. <laughs> <laughs> so we you know, we have these winners and our whole goal as a company with agencies and their clients is to basically win as fast as possible within 30 days or less. What I, what I call proof in the pudding. And it's like, you know, if you have a winning campaign, the worst thing that you can do is wreck it, right? So things that we've seen that have the biggest impact on wrecking a winning campaign. And this is the knee-jerk reaction that we basically tell our clients, our agencies to basically don't do. Don't go from spending X number amount, whether it's 100 or 1,000 a day, whatever amount, to quadrupling, doubling, like you basically will kill the algorithms targeting if you ramp up too fast. So the success for ramping up, especially using our strategies, our techniques of creating these real-time audiences and taking, you know, scaling it, it's 10 to 20% per day maximum increase on your budget. If you are staying within those parameters, you're allowing for the machine learning on the platform side to keep pace with you. Because, so do you understand what I mean? So like if, you, if you're spending a hundred bucks a day, don't go to 200, go 15, between 10 to 20% increase per day maximum. Because so go to 115, 120 as you're, Allowing right. that machine learning to graduate up with you instead of taking it from, you know, this, you know, winning campaign that you're spending and then, you know, putting 500 bucks a day from 100 is just going to be the kiss of death. Like, and is that more just because they're just going to try and spin your budget so the quality is going to be a lot lower there in that scenario? It doesn't have time to kind of pick. There are kind of a lot of variables, but it sounds like that's kind of yeah, more you're, like you're, ba you're basically asking the platform to just take your money. Yeah. yeah. That's basically it. Like they, and they do. And yeah. they will. So like if you want to, to take something that is hyper data uh, centric, like our, our audience strategies and our technology and, you know, incrementally grow it, successfully keep it consistent ongoing just don't blow it like that and and that is that's that's my my uh poor ad <laughs> uh avoidance recommendation that's killer uh, hey I, I've, I've fallen to the kiss of death numerous way too many times in that scenario <laughs> <laughs> yep and well, hell yeah well, sweet. So we got Idencio. Um, you know, how can people kind of find you? Facebook, LinkedIn. What's the best bet yeah. there? Uh, LinkedIn. You know, Gil Ortega and um, yeah, Idencio.com. We're we're uh, you know, 
I'm, I'm we're virtual. So I'm out of San Diego. You live in San Diego. We can meet up. And uh, I know Zach. And were you ever living here in San Diego with Zach? Or? No, I've been in Austin for shoot, probably eight years now. Because yeah, one of my clients was like, hey, one of my buddies, Zach's moving to town. Y'all should link up. And we hit it off. So it's, it's kind of a weird story. But yeah, I've been up there a couple times for conferences, but never lived there. Yeah, I just came uh, back in February from uh, the Bay Area. I was living up in the Bay Area. And uh, it's so much nicer weather-wise down here. I'm just so glad we moved back to San Diego. So we're based out of San Diego. And then Bend, Bend, Oregon is my my other uh, you know, partners. That they all live in Bend. And um, now there's direct flights for me from San Diego to Bend. So I'm super excited about that. But, you know, hit, hit me up. I'm, you know, we're all virtual now. We, <laughs> like, uh, easy to get a hold of hell yeah well Gil man this has been an absolute pleasure man thank you so much for jumping on you got it Dylan it's a pleasure thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify YouTube and richadpoorad.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show Go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.